This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, you'll get to meet Tom the Belgian Biker. It sounds like a really short title and sounds pretty contrived, but it's actually completely true. Tom lived in Belgium. He did all the normal things that you do in a standard life in Belgium. He went to school, into the military, into college, and got a corporate job. And after a breakup, stopped to reevaluate his life and decided it was time for a change. He sold everything he had flew across the big ocean and came to the United States, bought a motorcycle and began an adventure. And his story begins. And I give you Tom, the Belgian biker. Hi Tom, welcome to the show. Hi Jane, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Now, um, one of the, I have to start with how we met, which was really randomly on the Oasis, like many people that I meet sort of randomly. Yeah. Um, we used to have some good fun out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sharing beautiful stories, uh, reading beautiful stories, mm-hmm. learning a lot. Uh, I really like the Entheos platform. It's beautiful. Me too. I miss, kind of miss it, but hopefully we'll find our way back to something similar to that. So um, I think that my first reach out to you was um, when my son was going to be going on a motorcycle trip. And what I always loved about your story was... Uh, well, I'll let you tell it, but you had some experience with that venturing out. So why don't we start with that? Tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about um, how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, um, I um, I left Belgium when I was 28 years old. Um, kind of had done uh, the right thing always. Um, left high school, went to the military, um, went to fighter pilot school. That didn't work out. Um uh, then I got my master's degree in psychology, worked full time, had a, a, a long term relationship, six years, and I was just following the the, the path mm-hmm. of uh, of the social norm, I would say, um, and kind of noticed that uh, at the end of my relationship and when I was working full time after school um, that something was just not really working for me. Um, was kind of disappointed with, uh, the way my life was going or had been going. And I was like, if I keep doing this, um, then I'm going to just burn out by the time I'm 40. Um, and what I wanted to do was everything that I thought, um, anyone had to do, uh, before they grew up. So, and in my mind, that was just selling everything, uh, leaving Belgium, um, leaving my family and friends and leaving safety and, Buy a motorcycle, buy a Harley, fly to the United, <laughs> fly to the United States, uh, and get into adventures. I just wanted to meet new people, experience what it was to be alone, um, 
Had you always been really like in the vicinity of your family? Yeah. Okay. Uh, always. I had, I had never traveled by myself ever. Oh wow, that's a big that's a big jump. Even yeah. when you were in the military, was that right in Belgium or were you? No, I was all I was always in Belgium. Saw my family every every weekend. I would say uh, I, I played theater with my dad, who was a director, so I saw him all the time. Um, so I don't know Belgium is a nice little safe country. Like you drive through it in three hours. So, hmm. so your dad, wait, wait, okay. Now I have too many questions popping in my head all at the same time. Your yeah. dad's a theater director. Uh, my dad has been, uh, a lot of things. Um, <laughs> he used to be in the military himself. Uh, when I was growing up, he was a truck driver. When I was 14 years old, he, he left Belgium and he went to, uh, the Dominican Republic to, uh, be, a scuba diving instructor uh then he came back he worked uh in the harbor uh and then uh went through some self-development uh training and then figured i've always wanted to be an actor and a director so he just decided to do that um and at that time i was like oh yeah i want to give that a try so i gave it a try so I can imagine you completely doing that a lot more than I can imagine you in the military. I'm not sure why. That's, I mean, that Me actually <laughs> that actually adds up a lot. I mean, it it, it makes it uh, seem more realistic why you felt like you had to take this big leap to come to the United States and do this because you saw your dad essentially do that when he went and did a scuba diving training and and all well, that. Don't you think? My dad definitely has has something to do with it because. Um, when I was growing up, um, my dad was, well, he was absent for a while. There was not too much. He, he was very rational in his love. So love for him meant like just making sure like that you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom too. She's excellent at, at that. But like hugging or I love you, um, those were not really words that I ever learned. Um, and then just before my dad became uh, a director, actor, um, he got into a self, self-development training. And when I, when I saw him getting out of that, and when he gave me my first hug, <laughs> a real hug, it was, well, I, I was 21 years old. I was like, wow, oh what gosh. happened to you? I, I want that. I want that. Because at that time, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of friends. I'd never had a girlfriend in my life before. I was pretty much a racist. And I knew that was not a good thing good place to be at um but i didn't really know how to get out of there because i didn't even know what love was uh that was just an, an abstract concept uh so i decided to step into his footsteps and and i was like please save me make me this loving being um and but it was all about uh, self-awareness and consciousness and the moment i took that that training kind of set me on a path of years of uh of self-development um up until the point that i got the balls <laughs> or the insight to um to basically uh leave everything and do what i uh i felt i needed to do so here's the funny thing i'm sure the listeners are like quit interrupting the story of how we got here because <laughs> they want to hear you here but this is i mean i i know you now right i mean i think i uh, first, we first had a conversation when my son was going on a trip, like maybe two years ago. Yeah, and that's that's the version of you that I knew, that I knew through your writing um, out on Oasis and things like that. Yeah. This story that you're telling me now almost made me fall off my chair because this sounds nothing like what I would have expected for who you are now. Because you're very open at expressing 
your emotions, you're open at expressing your love and your feelings and your um, dreams and all these things. That's, that's fascinating. And I think here's the cool thing for people listening. Like we think, we think, oh, we don't want to really follow what we, what we really love because it's going to impact, you know, it's going to take away from the people around us. You know, like, oh, if I spend my time on self-development, I'm not going to get as much time doing A, B, C, D, E, F in my life right now. But really, by doing that work, we set an example of what people can do around us. It's almost like like a requirement. You know what I mean? I mean, like what your dad did changed your life. Maybe if he would have stayed there and not done that, but never really learned how to express that love, you would not be where you are today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so cool. That's so cool. The, the thing is, like, he kind of let go of the lessons he learned there. Um, uh, but I don't know. I don't really know why he was like, he was, he was super happy after that. Mm-hmm. After, and it lasted for about, for a couple of months um, or a year, but then slowly it faded away. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, it kind of stayed. What I learned from it, it was like, it became my mission mm-hmm. to like work on my self development, I guess. Um, and, um, what do I want to say about that? I don't know. It was it's it, it was just a start, and it and 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 it went on for years, and it and it still goes on for years. Well, maybe it was uh, just his job to get that seed planted for you because you're going to do something amazing with it. Which is okay. Everybody ready? You sold everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I sold everything. Um, quit my job. I had a pretty amazing job. Um, and I worked in human resources. Um. But there was just some. Also, I worked in human resources. That's the thing. Like I work. I my job was uh, to coach people sometimes, and it was always my. It was all. I was always the one asking. Like, so tell me about your dreams. So what do you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And and usually I saw a bunch of people who were like, yeah, someday, or like I always forget I didn't do that. And like I was on the job coaching people, and and also, um, I told you. I, I used to be a racist and everything, and I was and I was bullied in high school and all those things. So I decided to um, do some volunteer work with um, young criminals, and, and there were a lot of Arabs there. I put myself in that situation, and I tried to work with those kids to like work on myself and to like support mm-hmm. them. And hearing all their stories, um, all the shitty situations they had been in, the drugs they had done, I was like, I need to live. I need to follow my passion. I need to like just reach for the stars and do whatever is necessary to become whoever I need to be to support people later on. Uh, and that was a big drive. It's like self-development first. But when I was confronted with those young kids who had been through so much in life, I was like, I need to pursue my passion first before I continue like supporting others. So, yeah. And part of pursuing your passion was it, it was like just experiencing things, right? Just, just experiencing things, yeah. just experience, like putting myself in the most awkward or unknown positions, um, that I just mm-hmm. didn't know anything about in another country far away where no one knew me, where I could just respond, react to uncertainty in my own way without anyone telling me, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I wanted to go this way. Let's just stay here. No. Mm-hmm. No one was going to tell me anything. I was just going to reinvent myself. I didn't know where I was going to go, but I was going to do it by myself. I was going to be on the road. I was going to be led by the road and just go with the flow and things were going to happen. 
and there was always home. <laughs> all, if, it, if everything else failed, I could just fly back home. Right. Um, but this was going to happen. So I wish this is, we don't do these on video, but right now I kind of wish you could see it because I like cannot wipe the grin off my face. I just love this story. <laughs> oh, okay. So did you buy the motorcycle there and ship it here or did you buy it here? No. So I flew to the United States and my, I had always driven Jap bikes, Suzuki's, Honda's. Mm-hmm. Um, I got here and customs stopped me because I was... They were wondering, like, what are you going to do here? And, like, how long do you, are you planning to stay? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay here for a year. I'm going to buy a motorcycle. I'm going to explore this country. And I have a visa. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but we decide how long you get to stay here. We're not going to give you a visa of a year. And, like, what is this motorcycle buying? How much money do you have, you 20-year-old? Oh, you're just going to save, all, spend all your savings? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's a strange story. So I just explained them, like, look um, – this is what I'm going to do. I don't have an itinerary. I'm just going to live on the road. Uh, I have my savings here. You can look at my savings. I'm going to buy a Harley or a Jab bike. How much does a, how much does a motorcycle cost? Do you know how about registration? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I explained them everything. <laughs> By the end of that ordeal, they were like, okay, cool. We're going to let you into the country. We're going to give you six months. Um, only one condition. You're not buying a Jap bike. You're buying a Harley. <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm like, okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Because I didn't really want to buy a buy a Jap bike, but my dad keep kept kept like talking to me about how. Uh, not reliable Harleys are and how reliable <laughs> jab bikes were. But I'm like, I'm going to travel to the United States. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I'm going to do it on a jab bike. Right. How is that even possible? So <laughs> so I, I I was in Detroit. I got picked up by uh, people. In uh, friends, nice. By, <laughs> I got picked up by friends from the family, and then I started exploring, like, how do I register this thing? That was the most difficult part. DMV took me about two and a half weeks of really fighting with them. And hmm. did you? So how did you? Did you know what bike you were going to get, or did you go look uh, at them and, and figure I, I it out? My, then? I had tested some Harleys back home, back home in Belgium, mm-hmm. and I knew a Sportster was too small for me because I'm six two, mm. and um, I was trying to look like for a bike between five and eight thousand dollars preferably five thousand mm-hmm. dollars so it's got, it was going to be a used bike so in the united states i found out about a certain thing called craigslist oh yeah um, <laughs> so i start looking on craigslist start calling some people and and after i figured out the registration part because it's very difficult for a foreigner to register uh, a vehicle since mm-hmm. 9 11 if you don't have a social security number okay um would i just kept trying and went to numerous DMVs until I found the most dumb DMV person which didn't really, <laughs> didn't really question me. And, uh, I shouldn't laugh the, at that, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just kept trying because they make your life so difficult. And yeah, it's not the easiest place to get through, but... Okay, so then what happened? How long did it take you to get a bike? To get to find the bike that you were going to buy? Um, well, the whole process... The, the, Finding the bike is easy. Like buying a bike is easy. I just I had my I had done my research. I knew what I wanted. I had asked some people in California. There's like a, a bunch of motorcycle forums I, I went on, um, and the Super Glide seemed the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went for that one. Narrowed down my 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 search and found one in Ann Arbor. Um, okay. I found a couple. Rented a car. Visited three people. And yeah, the sheriff's bike was was amazing. Looked <laughs> looked, looked looked brand new, two thousand miles. Wow! Basically, a new bike. Nice. Bought, bought that, got it registered. Went back to the people I got to stay with, which is 
by now it was three weeks and they they thought I was going to stay for like maybe three or four days. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was kind of awkward. <laughs> but then um had my bike, uh, my tent, my life for that I had for like all stuff that I would need to survive for 10 months, I guess, mm-hmm. um, fit all on the bike. And then I just, um, to the night before I left or two days before I left, was I sent a couch surfing request to a guy in Chicago. It would be my first couch surfing experience ever. And the guy was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm willing to host you. So drove from, um, Toledo, Ohio, where I was staying to Chicago. And from then on, it was insecurity all the way. Never knew where I was going to be a couple of days in advance, sometimes a day in advance, sometimes hours in advance. Um, yeah. How did that feel? Because to me, like, I just, like, what was that feeling like when you first got on the bike and left <laughs> Toledo? Yeah, I absolutely, like, it was not even leaving Toledo yeah well actually that was that, that added a little bit. like sitting on that bike right my Harley in the United States on a on an on an American interstate <laughs> and like now I was not de- not dependent on anyone for right. housing for nothing anymore it was just me and the bike and I was just gonna I was just gonna go and um I'm how sorry, did that but, feel it was just, it was, it was like, I, I'm trying to like get words like it's, it's, out of you. It's, I know it's but. like, it's, it's, it's the freedom was, was indescribable. Um, it was like, I was living, I was actually living my dream. I, I remember, mm. like, look at me driving on this mm-hmm. thing, this Harley, like I felt the wind blowing. I, I didn't wear a helmet because I wanted to experience that. And I was actually living, living the dream. I was just actually really doing it and, and being very conscious about that. Like, I got so emotional. I bet. I mean, I'm like, I'm serious. Like that moment, I've had a, a one moment like that in my in my life myself. That like, you just can't believe that. It's almost like I need to be fully present in this because it is actually the dream I created. Yeah, and yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it, I am in absolutely, it. Absolutely, that's the mo- That's the thing. You have to be like so ready to like feel it. Yeah, and oh. during during my travels, I, I kept I kept it kept coming back to me. I saw the road just flying under my feet. I, sometimes I would just cry <laughs> out of <laughs> out of happiness. Well, it really is because there, I mean, there's so, on so many levels. Because first of all, you're doing what you really your dream. You're living your dream, but yeah. then all of those um, burdens of responsibility they were not there. They were not there. Right? They were just not there because. I was fully in charge and in control. Well, in control, I was not really in control, but it was it was a lack of control that I desired. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the lack of control, I guess you have lack of responsibilities. All I all I ever sometimes worried about was like, I ha- I only have so much savings. Mm-hmm. But as uh, as I kept traveling, I just figured out way, more and more ways to just be frugal. I guess. How's that? Tell me some a couple of the, like what are the top three, if you can well, rip, you know, rip those off your list. <laughs> well, at first I thought I was gonna, I, was, I thought I was gonna do a bunch of motels mm-hmm. uh, because that's what you do in America. Uh, well, from what I'd seen on TV, right? Um, <laughs> and everybody told me, yeah, motels are cheap, and I was like, motels are not cheap. <laughs> when I when I did my first one, I was like, this is my first and my last motel because I'm going to go through my money immediately. So, and the moment I made that choice, I mean, I mean, yeah, I would just camp 
on the side of the road. I would drive my, my motorcycle into a forest. I would use, use couch surfing a lot. And as I got more experienced at traveling, I would just meet more people mm-hmm. um, who would just help me out. Right. Um, so, and then, or I would, or I would go to like a, a campground in a state park mm-hmm. or a national park or whatever, and they charge money. That's and, the thing. It is not cheap to camp. I mean, not, I'm not saying it's not a bad, I, I think it's a good idea to go to those campgrounds, but it's not like free. It's, it's, it well, adds up when you're going yeah, for a lot well, of days. Yeah. Well, and if you're a, if you're a very conscious human being, you would probably pay for that, but I would arrive. <laughs> <laughs> I would arrive, I would arrive at 9 PM or 10 PM and I would uh-huh. just pitch my tent and I would leave at 6 a.m. and be gone. Oh, no, one, okay. no one knew that I was there and never, ever did I have any problems with that. Well, and I, I imagine you weren't like leaving a horrible mess behind or anything like that. But, no. but I mean, the point, like even, um, yeah, that was one of the things I, I, I am not a skilled camper. I'll, mm. I'll announce that to everybody. Uh, but <laughs> um, I was surprised at how much it costs. Like you can't go, oh, I'm just going to camp everywhere and it's going to be free. It's not like it that does. at all, unless it's, you have the tricks up your sleeve. Yeah, in state, state, state forest or national forests, it should be free. But then they always find rules about mm-hmm. everything in the United States. That is the crazy thing. Like if you want to live on the road, you just got to like bend the rules or break the rules. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of part because you're not allowed to sleep anywhere anymore. So right. in, in, in all the bo- movies and in all the books, they just sleep wherever. Mm-hmm. And when I get to the United States, I was not allowed to do so <laughs> a lot of the times. Well, so it seemed. Um, mm-hmm. but that's pretty common. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Heard that so, I, so I tried to not care about that too much. Mm-hmm. Well, so this couch surfing, that's an app or something like that, right? That's a website, yeah. A website. Okay. Um, so you just get on there. Uh, you find a place you want to go, Chicago, Billings, wherever. And you send a request to, I would say, on average, five to ten people. Mm-hmm. And then if you're lucky, someone replies and is like, yeah, you can stay at my place for free on a couch. Um, I'll show you around. And when you leave, I'm sorry, they will. Uh, they would give you a reference on your couch surfing page. So oh, they, would, nice. they would They would write about you. Uh, Tom was uh, this kind of a guest. Um, he did this and this for us. We or like we took him here and here and uh-huh. we, uh, and then I write uh, a reference about them how they were as hosts. So kind of like Airbnb, but it's essentially but, free. You're doing, but it's free. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so and that that was a huge part of my money saving for sure. Did that must have really um, opened up some great opportunities to get to know Americans. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a couple you'd like to share? Because I would love to hear those. <laughs> so, yeah, my first time in Chicago, I didn't know what to expect. But I, I get to stay with two guys uh, in the center of Chicago. I don't really know what district or whatever it was anymore. But, I mean, they showed me around, took me to places. Um, they uh, took me on a sailboat race on Lake Michigan. Like No way. That's you, get, you get that yeah. couch surfing? I thought yeah. it was just a couch. No, 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 no. Like they become, your, they become your friends. Like who gets to travel and go on a sailboat race on Lake Michigan when you're there for only five days? Right. I was there for five days and I was on a sailboat race in Lake Michigan just because uh-huh. I happened to like very coincidentally stay at a place where, where one of the guys who lived there had a brother who did sailboat races and wanted to meet a Belgian biker. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'll you join do. you guys. <laughs> you do have that going for you. I mean, the Belgian biker really opens a lot of doors. You know, I think the Midwest woman in the minivan is probably not going to get me as far, but um, it's still Excuse me? Like... <laughs> <laughs> of course it would. Of course it would. I mean, I, I, mean, I, do, I do realize, I do realize very well that well, while I preach um, – follow your passion, follow your dreams, all those things. 
my life, my travels is one of the privileged white male. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm white, I'm tall, people say I'm good looking, and <laughs> I'm educated. It's very easy for me to travel. I'm not a woman, I don't have to be scared mm-hmm. to be harassed on couch surfing or whatever. So, like, and I have an awesome network back home, and I had some nice savings. So, like, I live the dream, yeah, but I'm also very, very, very lucky to be in the position that I am in. I can't forget that. I know, but I do think you can do it. It just takes a different amount yeah, of a different, different approach. approach. I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, I feel pretty safe traveling around the United States. When I go to Europe and things like that, I'll have to, you know, I'll look at that a little differently, but I still, mm-hmm. I feel relatively safe. I just think that um, you are intriguing because of your, <laughs> the Belgian biker. It's like, oh, yeah. that's who's coming to our house. Let's that, do that. <laughs> that definitely helps. So yeah, yeah. I, so those guys took me uh, on a sailboat race in, in, in Chicago then. Uh, what else? Uh, through couch surfing. Uh, so for example, I was, I was just traveling and I saw all these billboards um, saying fireworks, fireworks. And I was like, wow, it, I knew they're crazy here, but like <laughs> so much fireworks. And then, and then I realized the day after would be 4th of July. Oh. And I was like, oh no. And I was planning on sleeping in a forest. Uh, I was like, where the, at the, the, the source of, uh, or this, of the Mississippi river. Okay. Um, but I was like, I can't be by myself on 4th of July. So I, I, I just stop at McDonald's because I always ate at McDonald's because they had free Wi-Fi, and <laughs> and I go online. I'm like, I need a place to stay tomorrow um, because it's Fourth of July and I'm gonna be alone. I'm traveling from Belgium, so I send it out to the nearest cities. And a guy in North Dakota, uh, in Fargo, uh, Fargo, of course, yeah, it's Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> yeah, he sees my, he he reads it. He's like, Hey, dude, I'm super hungover right now, but. Uh, <laughs> If you can make it before uh, before 11 a.m. tomorrow, uh, you can uh, join me and my family by Lake. I don't know what the name was, uh, and we'll uh, we'll celebrate Fourth of July. So I drove over there before 11 a.m. Took me to his family. Uh, I got the right jet skis because they had all those things, and I had oh my, my first Fourth of July with a bunch of bunch of young people. I stayed with a uh, with a Mexican guy in uh, well Mexican heritage in, in in Texas. He told me. I won't be home, but just uh, the door will be open. So he didn't—he didn't know me. Lets me walk into his house. Are you serious? Um, there's a gun laying on his kitchen kitchen table. There's a gun laying in his living room, and I'm there. The random Whoa. Belgian biker staying with the random Mexican immigrant who is a registered nurse. Uh, Are you starts, serious? Like, did you ever meet him then, or no? I came home like okay. an hour later. Like an hour later, he, he got home, and then we talked. And his father came in, and his brother was in jail because he was a Mexican gang member. And the next day, like, I was. It started snowing, so I had to stay longer. Wait, wait, was, wait, wait! In Texas? In Texas, yeah, it was Amarillo. Okay, all right. And <laughs> so they took me to church, and. On a Sunday, I was. They asked you, Tommy, want to want to go with us to a church? I'm like, yeah, uh, sure. So I jump, <laughs> I jump out of bed because he had given me his bed. By the way, I slept in his, I slept in his bed uh, because crazy. I was because I was so cold. And he just gave me his bed. He slept on the couch while his friends were there. And he wakes me up on Sunday morning, and he's like, I come, I'm going to go to church. Want to come? I'm like, yeah, sure. Jump into his, into his car, go to church. It's just, it's a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like they speak in tongues and right. 
But these are that's hardcore. These were things that I had never seen before in my whole life. I had just heard about it and seen it on TV, and now I'm there, and they ask me to stand up, introduce myself, and pray with them, and like, whoa, 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 whoa. who needs to be saved? And then they want me to go to the front and like have their hands put on me, and I was like, no, no, I'm just gonna be the the observer because I was standing there with my long hair, my beard, and my Harley Davidson jacket. That's incredible. Uh, everybody, everybody's, everybody's. I was, I was just, but these are the things that I wanted. That's why I want to be here. I wanted to put be put in these semi awkward. I don't call it awkward positions. It's I, 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 no, it's intriguing like, positions. Yes. Like, I I'm, I want to do I want to do everything you, that you did. That's that's yeah, the problem. Like, like, and then the, the pastor in front is like shouting, "All gays will go to hell!" And like <laughs> it's 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 a thing that I, I knew it existed, but it's like it was all new to me. And then, mm-hmm. but these people were so welcoming. So you you meet these extreme ideas, but these people are welcoming. So that kind of put a lot of things in perspective for me um, because. I mean, I stayed with rednecks. I stayed with Mexicans. I stayed. Uh, I stayed in, in the ghetto, uh, in Atlanta. I stayed um, in so many different places, and I got to see all these different point of views. I stayed with a, with an African American girl in Atlanta, Juanisha, mm-hmm. who I just met at, in a club, and I told her about, about couchsurfing. She's like, "Oh wow, yeah, we'll try that." And so, stayed with her for for a couple of days, and. I mean, it was just I stayed. I stayed in a frat house in Boston, an MIT frat house. <laughs> um, you commuter- must. Did you feel like like some sort of a celebrity in a way? Like, because uh, you're so unique. You're so you know. You're such a novelty. Well, I don't look at myself that way. At I know all. you like, don't, but I think everybody else probably did. So yeah, you, you, sometimes you do get that feedback. Yeah. Um, I, 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 <laughs> the very funny thing was like I don't I don't realize these things, but there, there was this guy from South Carolina, and he wanted to make I wanted him to make a, a sissy bar for my bike, mm-hmm. um, and he he was a, a war veteran, or a, I mean, he was a, a veteran, but mm-hmm. he was like thirty years old. I don't know, and he he made that sissy bar for me, and while he was making it, we were getting to know each other, and I was telling stories to him. And he's like, wow, you know what? I'm going to go uh, on, a, on a ride soon with a bunch of bikers. It's going to be a rally, uh, the, the Alien Express or something, uh, all the way up in Nevada, uh, close to Area 51. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be awesome if you just join us. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, with a bunch of bikers, there was going to be a biker gang called Douche LaRouche. <laughs> and, and, um, he's like, yeah, just go there. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just show up by myself and just drove there. And but I wanted to go with someone. Right, I was going to say, it's hard to kind of like insert yeah, yourself in some of those things. Right, so I contacted a, a random guy on Facebook because mm-hmm. they had a Facebook page for the for the event. So I'm like, hey, does anyone want to meet up with me? So this random guy's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I met up with him in Vegas. His bike broke down. So he's like, oh, I got to go with my car. He drove there with his car. I followed him. And then he dropped me off at a gas station. He's like, oh, look, those are the those are, that's the gang over there. Their colors were baby blue mm-hmm. and orange. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm pretty sure you can uh, tag along with them. I'm like, yeah, but my, can I can I just drive with the bike? Are they going to accept me? He's like, yeah, I'll introduce you. So he walks up to them and he's like, hey, guys, uh, this is a buddy of mine. Can, uh, can you roll you guys? I'm like, I see these bald bikers with tattoos, big uh-huh. guys, angry faces. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, hi, guys. I'm... Uh, I'm Tom from Belgium, just uh, <laughs> traveling, and uh, I was like, yeah, I was just wondering. All of a sudden, someone from the background is like, is that Tom the legend? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm not sure if that is me. I'm uh, like, yeah, yeah, my buddy told you, but you're the, you're the guy who lives in a treehouse. Because at, in that in those days, I, I, I lived in a treehouse in, in San Diego in someone's backyard. You literally and, lived in a treehouse? Yeah, it was a beautiful little treehouse. Oh. And, um, and so, and then we're like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, you can ride in the back. So and then I could drive along. So. Nice. Then, See, I told then, you. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's the only thing, like, uh, that I remember, like, when you say, like, celebrity, I was, like, I was shocked that I, that I had the honor of rolling with, uh, with those guys, um, in such a way. So it's very, um, uh, it's, it's amazing, though, like, I mean, I think that's part of the world today is that everybody's so connected. So if mm. there is a Tom the Legend, it can be passed across the world so quickly, you know, because someone <laughs> on, in, the, in San Diego can be telling their friend in Nevada, about this guy living in the treehouse, and then next yeah. thing you know, there you are, and everybody knows. That's so yeah. cool. So, how was that? Was that um, was that biker rally pretty cool in your area? Yeah, it was, Did you see it any was, aliens? No, <laughs> no, it was it, it was everything I dreamed of. Um, I mean, they had moonshine. So <laughs> they had everything they, I dreamed of. <laughs> they had they had a guy from they had a guy with a huge cowboy hat and a huge barbecue that he towed over there and they were making like he was a competition uh barbecue mm. and i got like this juicy tasty steak and they were just giving it giving it away and then there was a there was a slow race where they tried to ride their motorcycles as slow as possible and <laughs> some of them were drunk and like <laughs> swerving all over the road and and then there was a raffle at night and then and then they just started jumping over fires driving their motorcycles over fires they all were drinking and then there was a raffle and someone won a helmet and so he wanted to test his helmet like <laughs> go super fast drove his bike into a field like had to be taken out with a helicopter oh not funny sorry well not well funny. it is kind of funny because <laughs> Because this year, because this year he won another helmet. He's be- he's better now, and he won another helmet. That was pretty funny. So yeah, it was just a bunch of like, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound all that like special or anything. But to me, like these these are the things that I just need to experience these American things and mm-hmm. just putting myself in this situation as an, a, a participating observer. Uh, that is what I love doing the most. It sounds like you had a pretty pretty diverse. Air, yeah. a lot a, a lot of diversity to observe like did you is there any part of the u.s that you didn't get to because it sounds like you went around yeah i didn't get to alaska okay uh didn't get to hawaii well, okay. uh <laughs> yeah i didn't and then then i uh didn't go to arkansas nebraska missouri oklahoma and kansas so, so you still have are, goals out there there's still i still have i still have i still have goals yeah. did you find that any area of the u.s was like suited you the most um, well, I've been in California for a while now, and uh, I really enjoy San Diego. Um, New Orleans was amazing, just craziness, and the, the, the food was amazing there. Mm-hmm. Maine was so beautiful because it's so peaceful, actually. Uh, it was kind of cold, but I liked the cold. Uh, but it's, it, was, it was very peaceful, Maine. There was not too much there. I've never been there, but I, keep, I, I was actually going to go there this summer, and then I couldn't figure out where to go, and then some other things happened. But it, it was my target for this summer originally. Yeah. yeah. Well, go there. It's beautiful. Beautiful lakes, beautiful trees. Um, I liked riding there a lot. Mm. Um, Montana is definitely on one of the top places in my list because of the mountains and beautiful riding and awesome people I've met there. Oh, mm. I have so many stories about, about people I met there. Tyler, one of my best friends, um, I, I couch surfed with him. He became one of my 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 best friends in the whole wide world. 
um, it's so difficult to say like, is there a part because mm-hmm. everything, everything was, everything is so amazing because, and it's not because of the, the geographics per se. It's mainly because of the people I get to meet all, all everywhere. You know, I, I have to say that is like such a beautiful, beautiful statement coming from someone who didn't, you know, didn't grow up in the United States to have really taken the time to go around and experience so many parts of the country and to summarize it like that. I, I mean, I'm honored for you to say that for our country, honestly. Well, it comes very easy because it's, (laughs) because it's true. Um, so um, then, so then you're, 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 where were you? So you went 10 months, right? Yeah. So ten I went months. 10 months. So the 10 months where I felt like I've, I had, yeah, uh, I lived like five li- lifetimes. So it felt because I, I had done so much um, things I had never done before. And then um, went back home for a short while, a couple of months. Um Mainly to say, like, hey, I'm not done with this. Mm-hmm. And then I came back. And then I came back. Um, traveled for a short while longer. I traveled the West Coast a little bit more. Went all the way up to uh, the Olympic Peninsula. Uh, went back down to San Diego. That's when I lived in the treehouse for a short while. Oh. And I met I met an awesome an awesome dude, Phil, one of my best friends now. Um, and while I was staying here, I. I worked in Vegas for a while, speaking French, uh, made me 40 bucks an hour. I would go to, um, I would house it, random people's houses who had never met me before, but like through word of mouth, I got to watch a house. So I stayed in Hollywood for like two weeks <laughs> in the house of a CSI editor. That uh, sounds fun. Yeah. I stayed in Slap City, one of the most beautiful places in the United States, um, huh. I would say. Um, Slap City and Salvation Mountain. It's an area where there's a bunch of desert dwellers, uh, people who don't want to really want to be part of society. Where is that? Where is that? That is uh, near uh, north of Salton, Salton Sea. It's a little bit um, uh, south, south, south central uh, California, okay. I would say. I've not heard of that. It, yeah, it's an amazing place. Like Salvation Mountain, beautiful mm. uh, folk art. It's a it's a piece of art dedicated to Jesus and God. There's no dogma, no dogmatic aura hanging there. It's just beautiful mm. love for God and Jesus in a very beautiful, sincere, honest, beautiful, um, non judgmental way. Amazing, uh, made with uh, yeah, kind of some sort of clay. I don't mm. know where it, Anyway, had awesome adventures there. So many beautiful people I met. Moonshine makers, scorpion, <laughs> scorpion fighters. Scorpion uh, fighters. What does that mean? Well, they would do scorpion fights, fights with scorpions they found in the desert. Oh, so scorpions <laughs> would fight scorpions, not yeah, people for, would fight yeah, scorpions. Yeah, okay. scorpion, I, was, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to have that clarification. Apparently. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> they had, they have, they have, they also had their own hot springs, but they call them mud pits because okay. they're like brown, muddy water in like in like a clay pit. Um, I mean, if, if anyone hears this, uh, if you get to go to Slap City, the guy from Into the Wild went there once. Uh, it's also in that movie. It's 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 an amazing place. Oh, okay. I, if you if you like something different, I definitely like something different. <laughs> so uh, I'll add that to the, the like. That's the thing. Everybody I talk to, I get more things to add to my list of yeah. things. To add, so it's getting pretty long. Yeah. No. And um, then, oh, go and ahead. Then, yeah. yeah. And then after that, I, I was like, okay, I need to like. Calm down from my adventures. So I found someone online uh, who uh, owned a place in Baja, California, uh, in Mexico, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I was looking for a place for my, but myself, he, he rented me a house for $200 for a whole month. Um, so I lived in Mexico for a month, which was amazing. I just, does that did, happen all the time? Can you get a house for $200 a month in Mexico and Baja all the time? If you really want it, <laughs> <laughs> if you are just... now my, I think I'm going to actually hire you as my, um, travel agent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing. The whole part of the of the travels that I do, it's, it's the whole journey of figuring figuring stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I just started talking to people on a forum, the Baja Nom- Baja Nomads. It was called. I was like, "Hey guys, I just want to find a place for myself, an apartment, whatever. Um, doesn't need to be much in Mexico. One month. I don't have much money. What can you guys do for me? Do you know anything?" And then this one guy reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for for a month. You can have my place. Pay me the money and just water my plants, feed the hummingbirds." Mm. And you can have my place. And it was like a tiny place, but beautiful. I had my living room, my bathroom, my bedroom. There was I was surrounded by palm trees. I was next to the Sea of Cortez. And wow. there was sounds like heaven for two hundred dollars a month. It was actually it was heaven. Even oh. he, he even let me use his dirt bike that was there. Oh, nice. And there was a garage for my Harley. So. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty darn perfect, actually. Yeah. Sounds pretty yeah. perfect. But then I was done with Mexico, came back up, and then my money was kind of drying out and i started volunteering at festivals mm-hmm. um, and it was a desert hearts festival that uh, i met up with a guy uh, who i had met in 2013 at burning man so that was by then two years ago and uh, we start talking uh, he's, he's asking me about my journey and everything and i'm like yeah <sighs> um, my money's kind of gone i think my travels are getting to an end and he's like oh yeah um, awesome and someone else joins us it's, it was one of his friends mm-hmm. um, and that was a meth addict mm. and um, I had known the guy for a while and then we, we started getting into a conversation about meth and, and I'm like you know man I used to never do drugs before I started traveling um, but like I said I came, I came to the United States to like reinvent myself and mm-hmm. I was just going to do everything that I could put my hands on was so you were just like a year of yes, essentially. A year of yes and more. <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> and, plus, and, right? And, but also, like, it was a conscious yes mm-hmm. because I'm. I don't like heroin, for example. Is 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 it's just so crazy, so addictive that I'm like. There's still those. Yeah. I'm not dumb. Um, right. So I, I was 28 years old. So I'm like, I'm happy. I'm not 18 because I'm not gonna make stupid 18 year old mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, the mistakes I'm gonna make are gonna be kind of conscious. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I came here for like mental experiences, like sexual experiences, um, social experiences, and physical experiences. So that's like to me it was drugs. Mm-hmm. So I started experimenting with as much as I could get my hand on uh, in a balanced way. And here was it was a mythetic. Mm-hmm. So I was like Breaking Bad. I need to give this, this a try <laughs> at least once. So I'm like, hey, uh, gonna give this a go. And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure, let's let's do this." So, and, and I smoked my first uh, my first uh, myth. Uh, felt great, nice body high, um, but you still have your like your your mind is still focused. You, st- mm-hmm. you still can have a decent conversation. I went dancing; it was a lot of fun, but it dies, it goes away pretty quickly. It's 20, 20, 30 minutes, but then when you do it again, it's immediately immediately there again. So that's mm-hmm. what makes it so addictive. It's more like a mental thing, uh, not so much a, a physical thing, mm-hmm. like with heroin. Anyway. Um, so the guy um, who I had been talking with, I had met uh, two years before at Burning Man. He's like, 
are you insane? That is highly addictive. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's all part of like my journey and just trying to, just my curiosity. That's all. But just once, that's what uh, it's, that's what I usually say. Like, I'm just gonna try it once or twice. But, uh-huh. once, <laughs> but, but for things like this, I'm just like once, just to know what it is. Right, right. After partying, I I see my buddy again, and uh, the guy was addicted to meth. He's like, hey, you want some more? I'm like, no, 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 no. This just a one-time event. It was awesome, but I'm not gonna do it again. So the guy's like, oh, so you're a man of your word. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty self-disciplined when it comes to those things. I'm like super curious. I want to try everything, but uh, just try to be conscious about it and keep it balanced. And he's like, okay, cool. Um, Well, and very strangely, he was like, you know what? You told me you were looking for a job. I might have an opportunity for you. <laughs> so wait, wait. So this guy sees you do math and thinks it's a bad idea and tells you it's a bad idea. And then and then the next day he, he hires you. Well, basically <laughs> the same day he's like, are you interested? I'm like, oh. I'm like, yeah, please. I'm like super interested. So he's like, okay, let's, let's meet up after the festival. So just for the record, though, you're not proposing that people should use that method of getting a new job. <laughs> I'm not proposing that. I'm, that's not what I'm saying at I'm all. Totally I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, what, what, I'm say, what, I, what, I am say, what I am saying is uh, step out of the box and, right. try, and try whatever you feel you need to try. But try to be conscious and balanced about it. Don't right. do it. Don't do it because you feel bad. Do it because you're, you're curious. curious, because you want to yeah. grow. Don't do it because... Out of desperation get, or something. Don't want, to, don't want to do it because you want to feel high and, and be like, I don't want to think about anything else. Right. No. I think the other so, thing, though, too, is what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you're saying be authentic to who you are. I mean, you were just basically saying to this person, not really knowing if, not knowing that there was any job potential there, but just mm-hmm. this is who I, he asked. You said who yeah. you are. I do this. I experience things. I choose yeah. to, I follow my curiosities, but I have self-discipline and... Yeah. I think that that's what's really cool is that you're living by your own uh, credo, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then and then you attract certain people who accept certain certain things and think out of the box, maybe or or right. similar similar uh, as me. Right. And so two weeks later, uh, well, a couple of days later, I met up with him. He told me what what the job was. It was like a personal assistant job, bring taking his car to the car wash <laughs> or like doing his groceries, making sure he stayed alive because he had a bunch of diseases and he needed some medic. He needed mm. his medication delivered in time and all those things. So I, so I asked him to give me two weeks to think about it. So I went full out traveling, road, right, experiencing my 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 final uh, moments of just joblessness. And after two weeks, I was like, yeah. Give me the job, please. And that has been almost a year and a half ago now. Hmm. And now, uh, now I'm now I'm head of HR. Uh, I am part of the sales team. Uh, I'm still a, still personal assistant. And a couple and and last week I went with my boss to Burning Man. <laughs> that is such a cool story. I mean, seriously, to to have it all come around that way, where you're really doing what you enjoy. You're yeah. in a place that you love. You yeah. continue to do. You continue to experience new things the way that you choose to do them. Yeah. Um, and you're making a living. You know what I mean? Making money that you need to to continue doing those things. I think that's the heart. What people. What stops people from really pursuing their dreams is they think, "How will I make it?" Yeah. Let go of the how. Right. But uh, well, the, the how will be there. I mean, if you if you if you know what you want, and that is right. and that is and that is often a problem, mm-hmm. uh, not really knowing what we want. Um, but I had that dream for like years, but I just thought it was like, 
a crazy thing. Like, who does that? I, I, that's exactly what I say on my intro episode. Who does that? Who gets to do those things? Yeah. Like, anyone who chooses. Yeah. You just, you just choose. Yeah. And, and, and like, to me, there was nothing to lose because the life I was leading, I mean, it was fine. I can't complain. There's so much hunger and everything in the world, but I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all relative, mm-hmm. of course, because whoever is hungry, that's what they're going to focus on. If you have those needs for fulfilled, something else will, will come up. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, I don't know where I was going with it, but well, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch you here because I just realized that um, we've probably been talking for a really long time, and I think I could talk for like a lot longer, even because yeah, your stories I could talk are so for great. Days. I know, I know. Actually, you know, we uh, well, well, I'll save it for the end. But here's I'm gonna ask you two fun questions just to um, see yeah. what happens, just for fun okay. to experience yeah. your answers. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the first one is. Um, Tell me a random fact about yourself, something that like is not anywhere on any of your profiles or anything anywhere, but just some kind of crazy random fact. It can be small or really big, whatever you feel like. A crazy random fact. Oh, damn. I feel like I've told you so many crazy random facts. I think you've told us 25, but let's just pick one <laughs> about you specifically, like a, a random fact about you. Um, oh, my God. Do you want me to tell you one about me just to give you some time to think? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. And this one, again, I, I think of these off the top of my head, so um, I don't know how good or bad they are. But um, I'm kind of a big Marilyn Monroe fan. I oh, think are that you? she was way ahead of her time. Uh-huh. And people just didn't even know how to understand her. So there, there's a random fact about me. Okay. Well, a random, fa- a random fact about me is that I'm a, I'm a metalhead. I love my heavy metal. Ah, I could. That's that's a good fact. It's one I probably I would probably guess that, but I <laughs> just uh, the image. But um, yeah, I don't really know what random facts are because everything oh. seems to be so random. And random facts, like uh, yes, the other day I told someone I never wear socks. That's pretty random. Or uh, oh. <laughs> but so tell me, um, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite band? Like top two. My favorite band. Um, oh, I mean, I would say Iron Maiden. Just oh yeah. I, I, well, Iron Maiden and Rammstein. Oh, uh, I can't listen to both them. They hurt no? my head. No, they hurt the second oh. one. They hurt my head. I can't pronounce them, nor can I listen to them. Oh, the show is <laughs> their show is beautiful. I went. To, I, I saw the show with my dad, and he was blown away. <laughs> my dad and I go to heavy metal festivals together. That's uh, very uh, cool. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a good oh, random that, here, Here's right a random fact. Yeah. My dad and I go to heavy metal, fe- <laughs> heavy metal festivals. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Are you oh, finding that? Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, Keep going. Uh, oh, I, I dress up as Jesus at those festivals. I dress in white. Really? Because, Interesting. Because, well, I dress up. I, I wear a white robe and, <laughs> and I just walk around that. In the sea of black, I just walk around in white. <laughs> <laughs> What's Is there an intention behind that? While I was traveling, uh, my hair got longer and longer. And before I traveled, I didn't have a beard. Now I have a beard. And United States is more of a Christianity is more present in the United mm-hmm. States than it is in Europe. And the moment I started growing that beard, uh, everybody started calling me Jesus. Uh, hey, you look like Jesus. Can I have a photo I with you? I can totally imagine that. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, my friends here in, uh, in in San Diego and around everybody calls me baby jesus so so i just decided like okay i'll just i found and at burning man i found a white robe once because it was a white party day and then from there on i just it's now that. part of one of your um personas yeah indeed i yeah. i would walk around with a baby bottle with some rum 
and then <laughs> the white robe and then um, baby Jesus. That's a I random like, fact. <laughs> I, I like that one is so good. That is so much better than Marilyn Monroe. You like you totally win the random the random fact uh, competition. Yay! <laughs> but so, I did I I did lose the sexy Jesus contest at Burning Man. You didn't. I, yeah, I didn't How have the body. How is that possible? Because because sexy Jesus had the body of Hercules, and I just have the body of average Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to see pictures of that situation. <laughs> well, uh, look 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 through my cover. Look through my cover. <laughs> look uh, look at my cover fo- cover photos on Facebook. Uh, the competition photo is there. Is it really? Oh, I'm so yeah. checking that out. <laughs> Oh, I can't stop laughing. Okay, um, it's not doing not doing a very good job as the host here. Okay, so the next thing is, um, what is something else? This is the last question, so you can relax yeah. after this. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know that you're really curious about living life and having new experiences. Is there a new experience that's sort of like gnawing at you that you can't wait to get to? Um, yeah, I'm trying to gather some money. Uh, actually, uh, well, the, the fun thing is like, I'm in a, in, in a business that is like in a startup phase, but it seems to be really booming. Mm-hmm. So if that hadn't been the case, and if I didn't have such awesome colleagues, I would have left all already and found something else. But there's an option here of like getting stock options and everything. So I'm, I'm like kind of hoping like this Google boom where I will be a millionaire immediately. So <laughs> I'm just I dreaming. Like that. I'm, <laughs> just dreaming. I'm, I'm glad I know you now. So go on. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally but, kidding. Uh, the, 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 the possibility of that is still very small. So I'm saving money mm-hmm. so I can just, um, not too much cause you don't need too much to live on the road. I noticed. Um, and what I would love to do is, um, leave, uh, this country and hike, uh, or like walk, hitchhike, whatever I can do, uh, down central America and then hitchhike, um, on a sailboat and hitchhike across the across the Pacific to Australia and then see what mm-hmm. happens over there. So that is kind of my dream. That's the next, so that's the next adventure. Maybe. Yeah. When do you is, think, uh, how soon do you think, how soon do you want to see that on your, on your, uh, to do list? Uh, give me a couple of years. Okay. Um, I didn't know if because, it was like this year or next year. So yeah. Well, sometimes I'm like, I want to leave tomorrow and then again, and then I'm like, be a little bit patient so yeah. it can be it can be, it can be whenever i'm just gonna go with the flow and whatever whatever feeling is right well i'm pretty sure if it's what you want to do it'll show up before you know like in a, in a most amazing and unexpected way the next thing you know someone will be knocking at your door saying hey yeah absolutely I've got this boat <laughs> it and but but it's but it is absolutely absolutely true it, it really it really 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 works that way if I you know. have like if you have like the the courage to just write down your most insane, insane dream. Uh, and if you really want it to become reality and whatever, if you, if you have the guts to like write it down and to like speak it, like say it, like this is even, I just wanted to go to the country of Rambo. That was like, (laughs) that was, I was, I grew up watching eighties movies. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to go here. I want to see this crazy country. So I was like, I'm just, and, and that is what I said. I like the moment I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave here. I just told everybody what I wanted to do. And there was no going back because I had, I had, I had voiced, I had, I had given a voice to my dreams. And at that moment, like, it seemed like I may sound like a hippie, but the universe just lined everything up for me to be successful at reaching that dream. Oh, oh, so you don't sound like a hippie to me, even though you kind of <laughs> look like one with your hair and beard, but you're, you're like, you are like carrying that look 
so well. So <laughs> but here's why, because even like um, uh, with the podcast, so I've been, you know, it's been a dream. It, it, it's there, there's a dream that surrounds the whole dream, but there's been a dream about it that's been there for a long time. And once I started saying to people, yeah, I'm going to create a podcast and yep, yeah. it's going to be on iTunes. And yeah, I've got the like the more I would say it, sometimes I would like look at myself out of the corner of my eye and go like, what did you say? Yeah. Are you really saying yeah. that out loud? And yeah. but once I said it and did it and like went, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It just all these people showed up and all these opportunities yeah. showed up and it just became uh, it's every second of it is fun. Like every single second of it, like this call. <sighs> It's like almost meth. That's what it's like. <laughs> so you've tried it before, huh? No, I haven't. I'm just going off of what you said. I don't have any meth experience. I, again, Midwestern mom with a van. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe maybe one final thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I do dream about the, the, that nice dream of going down Central America, but my ultimate dream um, is um, to – take whatever experience I have, uh, from life. Um, and whatever you call it, become a therapist or a coach or whatever. But anyway, what I want to do is just support people mm -hmm. with whatever, whatever they have, whatever they're dealing with, uh, whatever life coach, call it whatever you want to do it. Um, but I don't want to, my goal is like to be able to do that without charging people large amounts of money. Right. Um, so that is my ultimate, like, mature goal. <laughs> well, I, I think that I really think, honestly, this kind of, there, there's one person I already know of, actually two, if I'm really honest, two people yeah. that I know in my own life, hmm. when they hear you, are going to buy the motorcycles. They're going to be like, <laughs> I have to do this now because they've already been talking about it. They've already, one of them already just said to me last week, that's my dream. Because I was telling him I'm talking to you and a little bit of your background. He's like... Yeah. That's my dream. I'm like, well, then do it. You know, that's if it's your dream, do it. And, yeah, and life, life, life will reward you for being for, for for like following your passion. Life will reward you in so many ways that you can't even imagine. And that's so like yeah, you're, I could imagine this. <laughs> right. Like I know two people in my own life that are going to be inspired by you. So you are going to inspire so many people just through sharing the story. And when we <laughs> talked, you talked about um, working on a book. Is that so? That's I hope people will be able to find that at some point. Yeah, I hope I can. I hope I will be able to write. But I, I like telling stories, I like sharing my experience. But I do notice that I'm good at blogging, mm -hmm. uh, writing about the experience I recently had. But pouring into a book, I notice <laughs> it's it's not it's not super easy. So it, it is it is one of my dreams, but uh, mm -hmm. obviously it's not one of my priorities because I'm not really working on it right yeah. now. But um, uh, when when the moment is there, I'm pretty sure um, it'll it'll get there. <laughs> well, you know what? You you have been such a fascinating storyteller here today. So do you think I could have you back again sometime down the road and hear a few more? Because I bet you've got a bajillion of these stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've only scratched the surface. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, like, yeah. I, I like I, I I like talking to you. So yeah, <laughs> whenever you're whenever you're in San Diego, let's go for a drink. Oh, absolutely! And I'm in Northern California, so you need to come up that way. That's where I'm going to be okay. heading next in a few weeks. So, um, okay. oh, actually, yes. I have to ask you this. So you have tried meth. Was this anywhere close? <laughs> what do you mean? This like this conversation? Yes. <laughs> okay. Not really. Uh, well, um, totally I mean, kidding. like. <laughs> I mean, you could you could draw a comparison. Like it's just like, the myth is superficial. It's 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 a it's an illusion. 
and it makes you feel great. But once you, when you experience your experiences and they become memories and they ingrain themselves in your mind and your body, like sharing my stories, like I've, I've, I've kept myself from crying like four times just because I'm so happy I can share it or look back and like think about like if, if I was 18 years old and I could look at what I, what I did, I would be the happiest kid in the world. There's so much more to come with you. That's what's so exciting. I hope so. I'm not done. I know so. (laughs) All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for sharing today. I can't wait to talk with you again soon. Yeah, same here. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. As always, one of my favorite parts of doing the podcast is listening back to the story a week or two later after we've had the conversation. And every time, I'm just delighted and excited and laughing at things I've already heard. So I hope you're finding these to be the same. What I really took away from Tom's story though is, I mean, I definitely admire all the experiences that he's getting into and that he um, basically creates for himself. I admire that, but it reminds me even in my own life and my everyday life and whatever I choose to do, whether it's big or small or whatever, the more that I put myself in situations that I'm not familiar with, the more I can build that trust in myself to know what's really right for me and to know how to handle different situations and experiences. So I'm definitely doing that today. I'm off on an adventure in Portland all by myself and looking forward to seeing what unfolds. Thank you for listening.